Hello there. You're listening to Shay's Bills Podcast. And here's your host, Shilano. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is a true crime podcast episode. And it's on the death of John Ward. If you do not want to listen to hear any of the gory bits of it, please do not listen. But if you are intrigued as much as I am about this, then stay on listening. Now, just to let you know that this was back in a time when I was only four years old. So I wasn't aware about this until now. But apparently my family knew about it. Um... So this is the death of John Ward. Please bear with me, I am reading my notes from a notepad, so if you do hear me doing this, folding the page, I am changing the page of the writing of the podcast. So, let's crack on and get this show on the road. It was October 14th, 2004, when a farmer from Mayo found a man trespassing on his land. He then shot him dead. Farmer Patrick Nally, 61 at the time, came upon John Ward, a traveller man, aged 43, a father of 11 from Galway, walked into his yard at the farmhouse in the afternoon. John Ward wasn't alone. He was accompanied by his son Thomas, at age of 21 at the time. Thomas inquired to Mr Nally if his Nissan car was for sale. John was seen by Mr Nally entering his home by the back door. Mr. Nally walked into his hay shed and shot Mr. Ward, shooting him with a shotgun. He shot him in the hip and the hand. It was then turned to Mr. Ward had been shot 20 times with a piece of wood, ash, unknown what kind of shape it was, but he was beaten 20 times, which is fairly hard. Mr. Nally returned to the hay shed to reload his shotgun, then followed Mr. Ward down the road shooting him in the final time. Mr Ward died at the scene. Nally then dragged Ward's body from the road to a close field at the time. A little bit more about Nally. Nally never married. He was a bachelor. He never made any trouble with the guardie before this happened. Nally used to record and registrate any numbers of cars coming to his farmhouse and would casually throw a bucket of water on soil at his gate to record footprints, tire prints, as he wasn't home. He was terrified to think he would be robbed again as he was robbed in February that year when a chainsaw went missing from one of his sheds. His neighbour said Nally had been seen a change of him since early 2003. After he was broken into, he was terrified. A little bit more of John Ward. He was 43 from a travelling community. He had his bumps in with the Gardaí a couple of times, with 80 convictions from 38 separate court appearances, and had convictions of burglary, larceny and assault. The first trial. First trial was in Castle Bar in Mayo, making it the first murder trial in Mayo for almost a century. During the court case, the course, court, ugh, court was mentioned that John Ward had criminal record going for 30 years and had four bench warrants. Thomas Ward, the main witness, also the son, 
was in prosecution and was serving a 11 months sentence when a trial was going on for possessing a knife and theft. Nally became increasingly agitated and worried about his farm during the court case. It caused him to sleep unable with a lot of stress. He spoke to the court saying he quote he was agitated and fearful, even paranoid about his safety on the farm. His lawyer claimed that it was self defence on what he did. Nally alleged John had visited him on the farm two weeks prior, quote, saying it was a nice day for fishing and according to John well that's what he said according to Nally. But Nally noticed that he didn't have any fishing equipment with him that day which led him to be suspicious about Ward's behaviour and why he was there. A state pathologist said that Ward was shot twice. Um, at the time he was passed away, he was crouched position when the person with the gun standing over him shot in close range. Natalie said, quote, He was scared Ward would kill him, which why he fired a second shot. The defence team argued provocation as Nally assumed Ward stole his chainsaw. Nally pleaded not guilty to the murder and manslaughter charges. The judge, Mr Justice Paul Carney, refused to allow the jury to consider a full defence argument of self-defence. He sentenced Nally six years for manslaughter in conviction. Now, Mr Carney, the judge, quote, said, This is undoubtedly the most socially disadvised case I've ever had to try. It is also the most difficult one in which I had to impose sentence. The judge said he would take into consideration Nally's undiminished past, his low risk of reoffending, and willingness to show remorse for his crime, and the fact that the prosecution case was based largely on testaments given by the farmer. There was appeal eventually. Nally was refused leave to appeal of the Central Criminal Court against his conviction of six years of jail. The case was appealed again with his team of defence. In 2006, the Court Criminal appealed Project Nally's conviction of manslaughter and ordered a retrial. The Court said that judge would not have denied the opportunity to return a verdict of not guilty. Even such a verdict may have flown the face of evidence. The retrial repeated again back in December 2006. Similar evidence was submitted to the court including evidence of Ward's character and previous convictions of both Nally's and Ward's mental states on the day in question. The jury of eight men and four women acquitted Nally for manslaughter and he walked free. In 2009 the government then planned to introduce a new law of self-defence. In 2010 apologies Upon recommendation by the Law Reformation Commission, which was confided an existing common law position on the use of force of defence of property, the Criminal Law Justice and Dwelling Act of 2011 was enacted on the 19th of December in 2011. Because of this, which is absolutely insane, if I may say. So since then, of the court case. Mr. Nally walked free from this. Of course, there was allegations from the other half of the party, which was Ward's family. Ward's wife, at the time, then said, my husband 
was beaten 20 times and shot. I don't think that's fair. Along with that, as long as far as 2017, Mr. Nally was on a program on T.E. Carr talking about his time and all the story of what was going on with the death of Mr. Ward um, on a program called Scannel, to kill or not to kill. Um, he only served 11 months of his court case at the time. Now, on an article on the Irish Sun, uh, he's now 75, which is... This what year was this? This was 2019 at the time when this, so he was 75. He was, so he's in his 80s. Um, now, back in this article, he was talking about that a frail pensioner accidentally blasted his pal to death in Mayo when a bachelor shot his friend in the chest after mistaking him as a burglar. Now, due to that, that probably was caused to self-defense act, which um, it doesn't say if he went to prison for it or he went to jail. But um, from it seems from the uh, the article, uh, he quotes, "It's vital for your own protection. It got a lot worse. It's gone out of hand. It's abandoned country now." Like. The stories I hear now from people all over and everything else is gone out of control. Now, okay, so I understand where he's coming from because I'm from an agriculture background. Um, we do face times and walk-ins with travelling community, but personally we have been very lucky. We've had some really lovely people come in. And, you know, when we say no, we're not willing to buy anything or get our sheds painted by them. They're okay with that, but they always do come back every single year uh, to get it painted. We know, actually, I think it was a year and a half ago, just before COVID, we got our sheds painted by them. And they were quite happy because we paid them. And job was done and they went away. Um, of course, we have seen that there has been a lot of burglaries. And a crime in our local area with farming equipment going missing. So I totally understand it. Just to claim the sources I got from the story at the time is from Wikipedia, McGill.ie and the Irish Times. Just to end with that part of the story. Um, obviously it was self-defense. Um, I do not think he actually had to kill him for that to end that way. I think he could have just left it. I know obviously he was stressed and his behaviour recently was agitated because he was terrified. He was terrified to get robbed. Um and you know, we can't just point at just one group. It could have been so many other groups from the city or um stealing, so it can be just one group of travellers doing that. So um Unfortunately, it ended that way. Can't say if if that's what I would have wanted, but like that, I mean, it's if you hear these stories, and um, I think especially with the court cases, sentencing is so much different here. Like I've seen recent court cases on the news that people who have been like sentenced for killing someone are only getting about six years to eight they've killed a person that (laughs) 
is never com- coming back, you know, to think about the family of the person who died, but also the family of the person who killed that person, you know, their their lives have changed as much. Um, now, Mr. Nally didn't have anyone in his family, so obviously it didn't really matter. God, I don't know. It's, it's, it's look, it was a tough story. Um, self-defense, really, we'll see. Um, but I get where he's coming from. But I, I don't think it was the right way to do it. Right. We're going to do another story. Because why not? This is the story of Rachel Riley. Now here's the thing. I actually know a little bit, a bit more of the story. Because there was a documentary recently. Um, I think it was on Channel 5 in the UK. Did a story about her. Um, and it's also an early 2000s story. Again. But I've, I've watched a reading of the years, so it's basically like reliving all the things that happened in the year. Um, and it showed that this story was in it, so let's crack on. Now we have a few sources for this story because it was so worldly right, um, recognised and known in Ireland precisely. Uh, so the sources are nationworld.com. The Irish Mirror.ie, The Mirror Co. UK, obviously that's like the mirror. Um, we also have the INT News in the UK, again Irish Times, uh, Irish Mirror again, and RT News. So let's crack on with this. Rachel O'Reilly was 30 years old, a mother and a wife, when she was murdered in her home in Knoll in Ireland. On the 4th of October in 2004, she had taken her two young sons to school and a crash before returning home. Her husband, Joe O'Reilly, left for work that morning before returning home to be lodging her to death with a kettlebell. Joe then returned to work after he killed her, which is insane, I think. Uh, he was played dumb and when she failed to return up to school to collect for the children, and phoned her own mother, Ross Kelly, to visit the home, see if she was okay. In reality, the murderer knew he was setting up his mother-in-law to find her daughter lying in a pool of blood. Joe, six foot tall, had been involved in a nine-and-a-half-month affair with an advertising executive, Nikki Pelly, who was 42, before he killed his wife. Alarm bells went ringing when detectives discovered that he was not where he said he was at the time of the murder. By tracking his phone records, the Cowley family then grew up more suspicious and he reenacted her murder to them. In 2007, he was sent into prison for the murder of his wife. He continues to deny the allegations. Which I feel that is absolutely wrong. But thing is there's a lot of info on this so um we'll go into more detail now uh mr Murray was the detective sergeant stationed in ballybriggan in 2004 in october when he got a report of a burglary in a house called lama bay view in Knoll. he recalled i arrived at the scene being qualified and experienced scene of a crime examiner i went in to have a look it was a sight I'll never forget. My God, she was pulsified. Pulsified. I can't never pronounce that word. Sorry. Her hair was matted to the floor with the blood. 
right over her ear. There was you could see down her skull. It was five in long. Uh, you could see where the severe force was used to inflict that. So the poor woman had no chance whatsoever. Absolutely none. It was savage, cold and unbelievable. Obviously the twist was he rang the mother-in-law to collect their children from the crash. Knowing she would call to the house to find the body. The brutal killing was the first thought of the robbery gone wrong. By Mr. Mary sentence that seemed to be staged. It's highly unusual to see someone in the state I saw Rachel Riley. Having been administrated such a beating, the vicious assault was pure replay of hate for this woman. If you hate someone that much, you're going to know them. The seasoned crop became a suspect of Mr. Riley when he said he had any enemies. He said no, neither of them had an affair. Neither of us were having an affair. That sparked him saying why would he neither of us? I didn't ask him. He then looked me in the eye and said he did have an affair. The name of the woman was Nikki Pelly. It's over now. I don't want anyone to know. The house was sealed off for a true, for a crime. Sorry, a crime scene for a week. And when O'Reilly returned, that his dark side began to emerge. He invited Rose and Joe Callie over, insisting it might be do, doing him good, claiming that there was a sense of place in the house. But when Rachel's grieving parents arrived, they were horrified to find blood still on the walls and ceiling as Riley reenacted the killing to them. Mary Mary revealed he went through the actions and how Rachel would have got hit in front of the head. He even enacted stepping over the body. Whoever did this went to the bathroom to clean up and heard her gurgling and came back and finished her off. Mr. Cali said that he was getting sick and had to go outside to the evil. O'Reilly went through the motions of bulging his prone victim. He was looking at me and Rose and was getting a kick out of her reaction. Sadistic pleasure he was getting out of it. And then I knew he was a psycho. Mr. Mary also convicted O'Reilly's guilt and the manner in which he courted the media added to suspicions. I interviewed the staff of the Late Late Show, which is our local program in the country in the green room and they said he was acting like a man who wasn't in grieving now when i say that he went on national television to plead to the country of ireland to help him find the killer of his wife and little did we know it was him he was the killer the Callies couldn't even take a cup of tea and they were nervous and upset. Joe scolded the sandwiches and crisps and drank all the tea. He was on his mobile phone and walking around on the phone, talking on the phone. He said he wasn't in one bit clued that what was in stake. As a guest on the show, hosted at the time by Packany, Artie offered O'Reilly a hotel room for the night, and but he declined. Now, this was in 2007 when they did the show um, interview. They claimed that he was meeting the work client, but he had a, drive, a driver dropping him off in a rash farm where his lover's house was. Um, Mr. Mary said that if you have a man who's going to go on TV to appeal for information about a murder of his wife, he's going to go off with his mistress to spend the night with her. It's just not right. The lead detective of the case said, learned that Rachel had come finding a close friend about a flaming row with O'Reilly, which... He delivered to uh, an ultimate 
Altman for a change of his ways. He added cell site analysis of O2, which was a mobile um, company at the time in Ireland. Uh, established that O'Reilly's phone was pinging off the near mass of his house when the murder was happening. O'Reilly offered no comment when he was first arrested in November 2004 with no weapons or forensics. Mr. Murray had no option but to release him without charge. A note later retrieved from Rachel's coffin, which was in the killer row. I'm sorry I deemed a nimbus and significant to warrant another arrest. But a phone call from a friend of Nikki Pelly, who said she had told that Joe said that he would kill Rachel to prove a catalyst needed to move the investigation forward. Mr. Mary said the woman said Nikki Pelly had told her Joe said he killed Rachel and if he thought he would get away with it. Nikki Pelly was arrested. She admitted that he said she never thought he would be serious and he was talking rubbish. Mr. Mary recalled intimate detail that the moment he finally rested already in his mother's kitchen for the murder of in October 2006, he said, I'll put my hand on my shoulder. And he said, Joe, I'm arresting you for the murder of Rachel O'Reilly. He turned to face me. The blood drained from his face. He went white as a sheet. He was not expecting it. O'Reilly protested his innocence and sat taking notes throughout 2007 trial. Mr. Murray said he had a grand dressed personality as most Oh, I can never pronounce things today, I'm sorry. Psychopathic people do. They have a confidence about them on that they will beat the system. I never witnessed anyone, quote, in this verdict, the whole court erupted of a cry of emotion. I was sitting at the end of a row of Gardy who were all involved with the case. Each of every single one of them were crying their eyes out. Rose came straight to me and had a big hug. I burst crying. I cried. Which, uh, to this day, he still claims that he is innocent and did not kill Rachel at the time. And because of all this, what happened, um, I believe when the documentary was on, uh, there was two documentaries. So there was Channel 4 had one and RT also had one, which was a year ago. Um, they mentioned in, and I actually watched a little bit of a, they were mentioning in the programme that O'Reilly had followers, female followers, like, supporting him and had feelings for him. And because of that, he had, like, quotations, relationships with him, even though he's in prison. Um, and they claimed that he was innocent, but absolutely not. He's not innocent. He killed her. Blatantly. and obviously with that you know it's it's been nearly 17 to 20 years uh the death of her um i just feel sorry for the kids the two sons that had, like now they have no mother but they have no father now either um that would have been a massive strain and so hard for the grandparents to tell their grandchildren that your mother's not coming back your father is in prison for killing her um it it just 
it's upsetting. And from the photos, seeing her, she looks like a lovely woman. And I'm going to be honest, Mr. Really looks like a fat fucking dickhead. <laughs> he, he, I don't know how he, like, from looking at the photos of him, uh, from the whole thing, he's not good looking. He thinks he's good looking. But honestly, he thinks he was going to get away with it. No, no. He looks smug in every photo. Uh, and to think that he, he was going to get away with it, like, nah. Um, but, like, also, in a way, let's be fair, any true crime podcast episode on a killer, you know, they always want attention. You know, I think I said this before, and I, I was listening to a lot of episodes of um, Nelson, um, who was in the UK, who was a murderer who killed so many young men in, in I think it was the 80s, 90s. Um, like, even when he was in prison, he was looking for more attention. Uh, it's the same with O'Reilly. Um, and uh, it just... It, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, we'll never figure it out, really. <laughs> um, just reading there that... Um, apparently, two children know the truth now. Um, there was never going to be a happy ending in a situation like this. Um... Now, what year? That was 2019. So this is okay. So there's an okay. I found an article. So the 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 the, the documentary of um that Ireland had on for this. It's called the case I can't forget, which was on RSE one on a Monday night. Um. Apparently, there was a million people watching it, which was extraordinary. There's not many people watch Archie anymore. <laughs> I say that nicely. Because, um, <laughs> well, Archie are kind of dying out now. Um, and the summertime does nothing on. Um, yeah, that's 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 really it. Um, I think from the two stories we've, we've read, you know, um, one was self-defense. The other one was just blatantly killing just so you can be with your lover I I just you know I think if anyone's never happy in a relationship just break it off just be honest don't fucking go and kill the person you don't have to do that doesn't there's no need to do that um but yeah that that's that's really it um thank you guys so much for listening I will see you guys all soon if you want another true crime up podcast episode or you want me to do a story that you know of um and want me to read it on the podcast let me know tweet it at shayspills podcast and i will see you guys all very soon have a good one thanks for listening to shayspills podcast make sure to follow shayspills podcast on twitter and instagram at shayspills pod and shayspills podcast and check out chaylan on her socials at chaylano thanks again Thanks for listening.